Uh, just a couple of announcements before we move into the message. Just a reminder that we are fasting on Thursdays for our church. Would you, would you, I encourage you to participate in that in some way, whether you are giving up caffeine or meals or a meal, multiple meals, um, whether you're going vegan for the day, that would not be Albertan, would it? Um, try it. I've done it. It's hard. Um, but anyway, I, I really encourage you to, to fast and fast on behalf of our church. Um, the, the only hope for the world is the church because that was God's only plan. Um, so would you fast and, and join him that he would see, we would see his kingdom come and his will be done in us. Uh, just a reminder as well that there are new Zoom links that have gone out in the weekly emails. So the men's morning prayer tomorrow is going to be using a new Zoom link, the inquiring of the Lord, which now starts at 6.30 instead of 7 o'clock on Thursdays, 6.30. That also has a new Zoom link. So check the weekly email, use those, and you can access those prayer times. Lastly, Chantel, would you like to come up? Um, Chantel's got an announcement about a new group. Good morning. Um, God has been speaking to a few of us, and we are going to be starting up um, a ladies' prayer night. Uh, it will be every other Tuesday, so we will start the first Tuesday in February, so not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. And we will be meeting um, in Ben's office area, so we will send the details out um, to Christina so that she can send it out with the address. We will be starting at 7.30, and our plan at this point is just to have probably about an hour long. Um, it's not going to be a Bible study, so it's not, or a book club or anything like that. We're looking at um, allowing God to grow us and stretch us and um, challenge us. We'll be praying for our city. We'll be praying for, for the ladies who come out. Um, just that God will challenge us and grow us. So um, we will kind of spend some time listening and, and seeing where God's directing us and, and spending some time praying and possibly going out um, and hitting the streets a little bit at some point too. But for right now, we're just going to spend some time growing and stretching. So we would invite you to come um, and to spend that hour with us um, praying and um, seeing where God leads us. Um, so if you have any questions, you can reach out and the details will be with Christina's email in the week. Thanks. Um, I feel like I need more prayer this morning, so could we take a moment and, and enter into some silence? And, and if you feel so led, would you pray for me um, and us as we move into this time of uh, going to God's Word? Let's pray. Lord, would you make sure that everything is of you? finds good soil. Everything that is of me gets taken away. We invite you to have your way among us. We, we honor you and your work, your voice, your word. We bless you. Would you bless this time? Have your way among us. In Jesus' name, amen. As you know, we've been working our way towards the latter half of John 15 for a long time. 
And I tried to pause as long as possible to give everyone time to prepare for the hard part of John 15. We, we enjoyed the abiding part. I am the vine and you are the branches. And we enjoyed the part about, um, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. We, we entered into those things and we spent a great deal of time there. And then we, we took a pause and I gave you some homework and we went back to a few different chapters, chapters five and 10. And we looked at some very important things there. And what it included was conflict among the religious community. And I tried very hard to prepare us for for what is coming, um, because John 15 is a message that is coming. Uh, in fact, it's here. And so we, we really entered into the abiding and the friendship with the, with the view to there, there are difficult times coming. And, and we reminded ourselves um, in John 10, Jesus, Jesus has uh, been surrounded by, by a group of religious leaders and we asked ourselves, ourselves is, it, is it possible that we're blind? How do we make sure that we are in the middle of the circle and not around that circle? Because they picked up stones to stone Jesus. And, and we reminded ourselves that, you know, Re- Revelation 3, Jesus says to a church, you're, you're blind. He, he says to people who've said yes to Jesus and got baptized and take communion regularly and, and are part of a worshiping community that gathers on the Lord's day, that you're actually blind. You're blind to your own condition. You're blind to where, where we are. It's entirely possible that we are blind. And so we ended the, the time uh, last week with prayer saying, Lord, if I'm blind, expose my blindness, please. We talked last week about how good doctors don't always just give good news. It wouldn't be a good doctor if they did. And so now we have to move into John 15 and the hard part of John 15. And it's John 15 and the beginning of John 16. These are some hard messages. And and we have to preach them faithfully. And I will do my best. And, And it will fall short. And some of you will get mad. And you won't get mad because I fell short. That'll make more sense later on. What happens when people don't conform to the majority? Uh, Someone told me about an NHL player that refused to wear a pride jersey. Anyone know about that story? Yeah? What happened to that NHL player? Sorry? He got publicly shamed. Right? So what would have happened on social media? Knowing what you know about social media, what probably happened on social media? Just think about that. In fact, if I heard correctly, he got traded eventually as well. Is that right? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. What happens when we don't conform to the majority? Let's take a different example. In Nazi Germany, there were, uh, at the time, about 18,000 Protestant pastors. 3,000 overtly supported Hitler. 
three to 5,000 signed what became known as the Barman Declaration, saying we, are, we, we side with our Jewish brothers and sisters and will not go with where the Nazis are going. It, I say three to 5,000 because it started off around 5,000, and then as pressure mounted, it got whittled down to about three, as two or three more capitulated. And 12,000 stood silent which means that 3,000 Protestant pastors found themselves in the middle of that circle like Jesus. And the entire country surrounded them with stones or said nothing, which is still being around the circle and not inside the circle. It's not a fun message, guys. Let's read John 15. Starting at verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, I chose you out of that circle and put you into the middle of the circle. Because I chose you out of being around that circle, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you as well. If they followed my word, they will follow yours also. But all these things, so reminder, these things, he's talking about hatred and persecution. But all these things they will do to you, insert your name here, on account of my name, because they do not know the one who has sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sin. But now that I, but now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. But this has happened so that the word that is written in their law will be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, namely the spirit of truth, who comes from the father, he will testify about me. And you are testifying as well because you have been with me from the beginning. And we're going to pause there because it gets even harder after this. So we're going to enter into it slowly. I've, I was talking to someone this week. We we're talking about how like, this, this is part one of a several-part message um, in a number of different ways. And it's very hard to sort of break up this elephant. Like it's a big, it's a big one. I'm trying to figure out how to, to carve it up and, and give it to us in more um, digestible pieces. Um, but you're going to want to be here to hear it all, um, not just this week. Okay. They're going to hate you. And I lived my whole Christian life trying as hard as possible to be accepted by the circle. I'm not kidding. And Jesus' hard words are that I chose you out from around that circle and put you into the middle. And I don't want to end up on social media. 
Do you? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a leader in the confessing church, meaning the church that opposed Hitler, was reflecting on 10 years of ministry in um, Nazi Germany. And he watched this phenomenon of being among the inner, inside the circle while there's the rest of the country going one way around them, and he's in the middle as the target. And he's reflecting on what it is that causes people to get to that outer circle, to be part of that outer circle. And he, he makes this interesting point. He says that as, as power rises in the culture and pressure rises in the culture, people at a certain point begin giving up thinking independently about how to respond to it and begin doing what they are told as the power rises. What he, he says that, that what they end up doing is that as the pressure mounts to conform, they, they stop thinking about what they're being told and instead start repeating what they have been told. Rather than interacting with it, they take it at face value and then begin repeating it. And what ends up happening is that they end up repeating the lies that they've been told, and he ends up calling this the masquerade of evil. He says that it looks really good. A masquerade is something that looks really good. It, it, deception always looks good. That's why it's tricky. Right? The apple looked good. Good things were being offered. The apple, meaning Adam and Eve, right? The apple looked good. And they end up joining the masquerade of evil, repeating the lies they've been told because the pressure was mounting. And they stopped thinking about how to respond to it. It's almost a defense mechanism in a way, sadly. But think about John 15. Think about John 10. Only 3,000 out of 18,000 pastors said no. That's staggering. That's humbling. That's concerning. If the world hates you, you had it coming. If you follow me, Jesus says. So let's take a contemporary example. During COVID, power rose. Pressure mounted. And most people responded out of fear. Most people then took what they were told at face value and went along with the majority. We repeated slogans and phrases that we were given. And the people who said no ended up in the middle of the circle. And what happened to them on social media? It's very quiet out there. 
What happened to them on social media? Pardon me? They got absolutely destroyed. They received incredible hatred, incredible pressure from the powers officially and the powers that operate just based on peer pressure, social media pressure, etc. And just like with the confessing church and Hitler, basically the whole country and the whole world went one way and only a few said no. John 15, John 10. Now, some of you are confused because to you, what I just did was, in your view, use a negative example to make a positive point. Meaning, you think that the people who are in the majority in the case of COVID were correct, and the people in the minority in the case of COVID were wrong. And I'm drawing a parallel between Jesus, who's in the middle of the circle, and the people during COVID who are in the middle of the circle. And the people who are surrounding Jesus, I'm making a parallel to the people who are in the majority in COVID. And that's creating confusion for you. And I understand. Because I was there too. See, when power rose, I gave up thinking independently. And I feared. And I caved to the majority. And I took what I was told at face value and stopped interacting with it from a point of view that did not have fear. I stayed silent while there was a, a majority absolutely stoning a minority. And those included brothers and sisters in the church that I did not stick up for. Worse, I repeated the lies that I was told, and then I led the church from the lies that I believed. So I have a whole lot to confess. And I will give you that full confession. Not today, but soon. The whole thing. But it was clues like this passage that helped me realize I was around the circle. And sometimes I was one of those silent pastors and sometimes I was one who was not silent. But it was, it was clues like this passage, John 10 and John 15. It was clues like the whole world, every institution of power, from medicine, education, government, to mainstream media, all went one way. 
when is that ever a good sign to a Christian? And I was taken in. It was clues like starting to see how much fear was involved and how fear and lies pair up. It was clues like a minority in the middle of the circle saying no, and at great cost to themselves, with nothing to gain, getting stoned for it. It was clues like a mostly silent church. While our brothers and sisters were getting persecuted, it was these kinds of clues that showed me that I was around the circle and not in the circle. It was clues like reading Bonhoeffer. It was clues like the book of Revelation, which I don't have time to get into now. No, I will do that now. Um, Last year, God made me read Revelation, and I say that in like a really stark way. Like, last year, God made me read Revelation over and over and over again. And I don't mean in my devotional time. I mean, like, instead of all the other reading I normally do. And I, I like to read. It's one of my hobbies. And um, I, I really argued with the Lord about this, because first of all, Revelation is my least favorite book in the Bible, probably among them. Um, and I, but he wouldn't let me go on that. And so I started reading Revelation over and over and over and over and over again to the point where I actually said, Lord, could I at least read a commentary on the book of Revelation? And I got a, I got a thumbs up for that one. And I, so I, I read a couple of commentaries on Revelation as well. And I was reflecting on what was happening in COVID at the time. And one of the things that I noticed is there's these images in, in Revelation of a dragon, a beast, and a false prophet. These stand for things that are happening in John's world at the time. The dragon stands for Satan. The beast stands for the empire, in this case, the Roman Empire. And the false prophet stands for the empire's propaganda machine because Caesar had a propaganda machine. It's sort of their version of um, social media, in a way. In fact, they had, they had, they had temples <laughs> um, worshiping the emperor and all this. It was, it was the, the beast got his power from the enemy, but the beast also gets his power from the way the false prophet worked. And what the false prophet did was reinforce everything the beast was saying. And then I watched what was happening in the media as all media went one way. And it, it reinforced what a government was saying in a way that had never happened before in our lifetime because media was always supposed to critique the government. And then suddenly there's, the two are saying the same thing. It was clues like that. It was Germany. It was COVID. It was this passage, 
passages like this. This sense that something more is coming. And it was divine intervention. And I don't have time to tell you about it today, but I will tell you it probably next week about supernatural stories where, where God had to divinely, supernaturally intervene and speak to help me see what I was blind to. And he confirmed it in so many, like, yeah. I'll save that for next week. As I said, this is part one of a few-parter. He had to intervene because I would never, I spent my whole life trying to make sure I was safe around the circle. My whole life. Because I'm a chicken by nature. I really admired, you know, the, the little bit that I heard about that NHL player, and it's actually been a couple, um, who had the courage not to wear a jersey that everyone else was wearing in front of 20,000 people plus all the media, knowing what would happen. I, I can't imagine what that would feel like, that amount of pressure, knowing the amount of hatred that is about to come his way. It's hard not to wear the jersey. It's hard to step into the middle of the circle. The Nazis used to make the Jews wear stars and put them on stars on their businesses, Star of David, to make sure that everyone could see this is not part of our group. Um, the, the same thing's happening with rainbows right now, but in an inverted way. Um, it's driving me crazy every time I go to Starbucks and there's a rainbow there and it says something like, this is a safe place for those who identify in this way. because there's actually a different message that's going out with that. The different message is that it's not a safe place for other people who won't use this. It's, it, it is marketing, and I know that. But it, it's also in their marketing sending a different message as well about what is and isn't safe. And, and this kind of thing is on the rise in our culture. And Jesus wanted us to prepare for it. That's why he told us, you're not going to be around the circle. You're going to be in the middle. I, in fact, I specifically chose you, my followers, from the outside of the circle that you would be in the middle of the circle. And in fact, our role, as the passage says, is to speak about that very thing. Would you look at verses 26 and 27? Our role is to testify. Our role is to speak truth the way that Jesus spoke truth.
Jesus says something similar to these verses in John 7, 7. In John 7, 7, his disciples are really not tracking with him. And so he says, the world cannot hate you, disciples, but it hates me because I testify about it that its deeds are evil. To testify about the world's evil is to receive the world's hate. And at this point in where the the disciples are developing, he says, you're still tracking with the world. So you're not going to get hated. You can stay around that circle. But by the time they get to John 15, it's a different message for them. And he's saying, this is what you are going to receive. And the reason is because your job is now to testify to something. But there is hope. There is hope. The hope is that God will not leave us alone in the middle of the circle. He will send the helper. And notice the helper here is called not only the helper, but the spirit of truth in John 15, 26. The spirit of truth will come in order that you might speak the truth. Will we speak the truth? Do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit such that he guides you into truth? such that you hear the testimony of truth and receive the power to speak it out when the numbers are not in our favor. That's the great hope that Jesus says we have, that we will not only live the life of Jesus, but we'll speak with the voice of Jesus into a world that is evil and will send hate our way. But we have we have been given what we need. We have not only his example, we have his very presence, his very voice coming with us. You have it, friends. That is why we have so, for so long emphasized abiding in friendship. That the previous two things mentioned in John 15 focus on abiding with the Lord and friendship with the Lord. Because if you do not have a deep and abiding friendship and interactive relationship with the Lord, not only will we not hear the spirit of the truth in the time of need, but we won't step into the middle of the circle because we actually love the opinions of other people more than we love the friendship and abiding presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why we need to go deep with him. So go hang out with Chantal and the ladies on Tuesday because we need it. And you will receive it. It's a promise. This is for you. All of the help that you and I need is right here And right here, as he puts his spirit in us, and we learn to hear and respond. So will you get ready? Will you get ready? Will we take Jesus at his word that this is here and it is coming? Let's do it. Let's pray. I 
have this song that's just started ringing in my head. Audio adrenaline from my teenage years. A mighty good leader is on the way. Help is on the way. Yes, trouble is on the way, but help is on the way. And so we receive that grace, that help, that presence, that voice, that guidance, that empowering of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we might follow our mighty good leader, that we might walk along the way in faithfulness, that we would not bow the knee in idolatry and fear of man to something less than you. Lord, would you, as good doctor, guide us in hearing and responding to your word that, that both the, the good news and the hard news would take us to you and that we would live lives that are filled to overflowing with your spirit, where, where we follow the one who is the way the truth and the life, and that we would embrace the spirit of truth and speak and testify to who Jesus is and what he says. And let the chips fall where they may. Lord, I pray blessings on my brothers and sisters as they process. seed, find good soil. Lord, would you take away everything that is of Ben, such that only what is yours would remain. Because we are your people. These are your people. honor and I bless the work that you are doing and will do among those who have listened today. I pray for great discernment in the distinction between the voice of fear and what is true wisdom. not greater than the master. And they persecuted you. And I follow you. And I know that, that I and that, that we who've been baptized to have, have done that. We, we said we're laying it all down. But, but things sort of reveal the ways that we, we take some of that back or didn't realize how much it would cost. And, and so Lord, would you guide me and guide us in, in the next thing to lay down? 
we invite you to have your way. Lord, I, my, my prayer so often is that what you meant by the words that you spoke here, what you, what you pointed to and, and your intentions for your people in speaking these words, would you make sure that we become people who give you the response that you intended people to give when you spoke? Lord, would you give us hearts that, that will really go after yours? And that it, it wouldn't be about building and or even protecting our kingdoms and what we say is ours. I, I pray that we would, and me most of all, that we would we once again lay it down and say, I, I'm signing up with you, Jesus, and saying yes, knowing what it what it does require of me, but not knowing the full extent to what it's going to require of me. And still saying yes. So Lord, we surrender. I bless your work. I bless your name. We close in worship because our hearts are yours we have offered ourselves. So what else can we do? All our eggs are in your basket. And you can be trusted. You are worthy of that trust. In Jesus' name. shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. If you feel like you have a need, sometimes that need gets met through other people. Do you want to come up? If you feel like um, you would like some prayer, um, Sandra and Marcin and I are going to come up. Um, if you feel like you just need um, someone to pray blessing over you. Um, I know for me, um, being freed from, from fear has been really big and powerful this year. So if you would just like some, some prayer, asking God to free you of the, some of the things that really weigh you down and some of the things that you really want to be freed from, then we would invite you to come up um, and just spend some time praying and asking God to just release you from some of that. So we will be up here for a bit if you would like to come and get some prayer. Thanks, friends. Have a great week. Blessings on you.